Section four of the Rover, Volume One, Number One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kate Fallis. The Rover, Volume One, Number One. Edited by Seba Smith and Lawrence Labry. Section four Lost Beauty by mrs s c hall near one of the windows of a large and antique house of the elizabethan era two ladies were seated enjoying the cool evening breeze that entered through an open window and if we do not descant upon the richness and variety of the landscape it is because we admire the living more than the material world and would make acquaintance with that noble-looking woman whose countenance is turned toward the setting sun and whose every attitude expresses dignity how firmly yet how gracefully her head is raised above her polished shoulders what richness yet propriety in her dress the folds of her velvet robe descend to her feet that so delicate are their form barely indent the crimson cushion with their slight pressure her companion is of other though it may be of more winning beauty the childish golden hair that clusters over her expansive brow in such redundancy of freedom harmonizes well with the cheek of palest rose and a form that we could imagine might rest upon a bed of violets without crushing a single petal her voice is like the breathing of a soft lyre when awakened by the spirit of joy her blue eyes are full of hope that perfectly unsaddened hope which dwells with youth as a companion and calls innocence its sister they are both children of the same parents though many years passed before annette was born to be the playmate and friend of the stately lady leslie as they sat together in that great chamber there was a feeling of quiet and solitude around them which darkened the shadows on lady leslie's mind and sobered the smile on the lip of her gay young sister they had both recently suffered from that fell disease which has been the bane of so much beauty but while annette escaped unscathed the blight had fallen upon her sister and the mistress of leslie abbey arose from her bed with the marks of the pestilence written on her once beautiful countenance too strongly to be ever effaced it is not to be denied that the noble lady had as large a share of personal vanity as usually falls to the lot of woman of high birth and large possessions she had consequently a sufficient number of flatterers to praise and fawn had she been as dark as erebus and as deformed as sin they would still have sung of and praised her loveliness but its character and brilliancy had been such that she could not move without receiving the homage of eyes so rarely paid without being sensibly felt and duly appreciated she had been feted and sung painted and sculptured until her exquisite head whirled upon its pedestal and what was still worse her heart naturally kind and benevolent became careless of the wants or wishes of her fellow-creatures 
prosperity drives pity from the bosoms of the wealthy it is good to feel disappointment and even adversity at some point of our lives for practical experience is a benefit to ourselves and others it was lady leslie's beauty that steeled her heart she thought of it acted upon it dreamed of it it had gained her the affections of the only man she ever loved one whom wealth and title could not purchase was nevertheless caught by the matchless face that now but she could not bear to think of it to look upon it a second time thus scarred and disfigured was impossible her husband had been abroad and the letter which lay open upon her lap told of his hopes of an immediate return and spoke much of anticipated happiness in meeting again or so ran the words with his bright and beautiful wife annette had watched with all the earnestness and anxiety of her affectionate nature the effect produced by the perusal of that letter upon her sister's mind she had longed for the return of her brother for she felt that now was the time when lady leslie's proud spirit was bowed with mortification to lead her from the vanity of her ways and teach her to mount far far above the world's mean and sordid enjoyments why should such as she thought annette trifle away the essence and energy of soul that god has given her upon those whose wonder is cankered by envy to whose lips blessings are unknown her heart is touched and softened by affliction she valued the casket more than the jewel it contained for she lived among those who could appreciate the first but not the last the roses of her cheek were more lovely in her sight than the blossoms of her mind that would have furnished forth such glorious fruit had the one been cultivated with half the care bestowed upon the other but it is not too late she is yet in the summer of her days and who knows that if leslie comes not it may be given to me to me her youngest and unworthy sister to show her better things when the old roman soldier was blind he was led by a stripling boy as one child would lead another not that the old man was less wise than before but he wanted sight and the youth lent him the only faculty he lacked on the same principle may i not give unto her who is ten times greater than myself the one quality she needs the only one that i possess and so render her loss a gain having thought so much annette looked into lady leslie's face it retained the traces of recent tears and was more than usually pale i will not speak yet thought her sister and without saying a word she took her lute and striking a few wild chords began that beautiful song of the witty and accomplished carew he that loves a rosy cheek or a coral lip admires or from star-like eyes doth seek fuel to maintain his fires as old time makes these decay so his flames must waste away 
she paused for a moment at the conclusion of the first verse and stole a quiet glance at her companion but there was no expression that could induce her either to continue or forbear another stanza she again sung but a smooth and steadfast mind gentle thoughts and calm desires hearts with equal love combined kindle never dying fires where these are not i despise lovely cheeks or lips or eyes you are fond of the lays of the olden time said lady leslie with a sigh but i care not for either the modern or the ancient rhymesters why should i care for anything when nothing cares for me if you care for nothing dear sister that same nothing shows marvellous wisdom in caring for you i wish i could imitate it but will you not read me leslie's letter she continued or at least tell me what he says here i have sat the perfect picture of maidenly patience singing and sighing from fair curiosity to know what writes my lordly brother oh he may see it all but stay i will read you this passage myself since you have so long enriched the abbey with your presence i fear i can hardly hope you will continue there after my return tell me dearest do you not pant for the court of which your beauty was so bright an ornament you hear annette continued the proud lady rising from her seat and pacing the apartment with the grace of a mary and the irritation of an elizabeth you hear did he know of the evil i have suffered it would be ill talking of beauty perhaps he would not think of returning and have you not told him then told him annette oh no silly girl do you think i did not want to see him once more him i have so loved but your childish nature cannot understand such love you love linnets and doves and wild roses and you sister forgive me annette forgive me said lady leslie with one of those sudden transitions of temper to which petted men women and children are so often subject some allowance would be made for a king who had lost his crown for a you have not lost your crown it is now my turn to be forgiven for again interrupting you i have read of a virtuous woman being a crown of glory to her husband and do you know what i fancy should be a married woman's crown her husband's love granted my husband's love was what i prized on earth more than earth's all earth's other treasures it is for him i would be beautiful my dear sister what means ye girl inquired lady leslie with returning haughtiness of manner that you deceive yourself i grant he was your principal but not your only object admiration was your food your existence depended on it if he were not present to give you the necessary supply you took it from other hands nay do not look so steady on me i own that from him it was sweeter than any 
but sister it was sweet from all lady leslie gazed upon her young sister with astonishment she had only considered her an affectionate kind girl she had not sought to penetrate her character vain people seldom care for others sufficiently to scrutinize their minds and now astonishment at her boldness was blended with veneration for her truth annette continued if my beloved sister would throw open the rich storehouse of her mind and cultivate the affections of her heart she would be more beloved than ever by her husband and command the respect if indeed it be worth commanding of those who flattered and better still of those who never soiled their lips by flattery or falsehood annette feversham the philosopher exclaimed the lady contemptuously annette feversham the naturalist if you will replied her sister playfully may i tell you a little tale it is very short and very true you know that when you were engaged in the business of fashionable life your boy was turned over to his childish aunt as companions well suited to each other well sister i have learned from children more wisdom more of that natural wisdom which comes directly from god than i ever learnt from men their goodness is so active and their thoughts given with so much honesty i love to hear them prattle of their miniature hopes and fears before deceit has taught them mystery or concealment do you remember the first day you ventured to your dressing-room you ordered edward to be brought in i was well long before and had seen him frequently but some weeks had elapsed before he had been permitted audience of his mother sister you took him in your arms kissed his fair brow a thousand times and wept salt yet sweet tears of joy they were brighter to my eyes than the gay jewels of your coronet for they were nature's tears perhaps they were tears of pride shed at my own sad change i'll not believe it he too had suffered the disease but escaped without a blemish ah oh, good my sister you wept for joy to see his brow unstained i did i did i knew you did i took him to his chamber and after a grave pause he looked into my face and clasping his tiny hands exclaimed i am so happy that mamma has grown ugly shall i tell you why dear aunt it is taught her to be kind she never kissed me before shall i pray to-night that she may continue always ugly trust me dear sister ned was the true philosopher he knew that people though they may be admired for beauty are seldom loved for it my poor boy said the lady after a painful pause my poor dear boy he is a noble child and i may thank you for it annette i trusted him to menials you saved him from contamination i am not yet come out retorted miss feversham with her own peculiar archness of manner when i am i shall have other employments i dare say 
like other young ladies annette do not trifle now my child might think those scenes of little consequence but my husband then those women those beauties i have so long eclipsed oh there it is i will not believe it is on leslie's account you sorrow he is but one of the many if i have wronged you by my frankness she continued seeing the cloud again gathering on her sister's brow study but the arts he loves and on my knees i'll crave a pardon and never 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 any more offend he loves a country life he loves simplicity he ought to have married you perhaps he would had i been old enough my glorious sister if you look so upon me i'll never jest again i know not why i jest a jest is a play on truth and truth i have ever worshipped with reverence i speak it is the earthly type of all things heavenly god is truth his words yet dwell upon our lips still flying still remaining brighten our eyes shed a pure lustre over our features a lustre that can make beautiful the plainest face a noble thing is truth annette there's a new spirit created or roused within you lady it is not new love may burn faintly for a time but it can be quickly fanned by circumstances to a flame i loved my sister and when i looked into her mind i saw but one blot there twas vanity i feel that i am touching a dangerous theme with much too free a hand but you have called me friend that is a title dearer far than sister i've heard you say men were capricious and would feed on loveliness like bees taking honey returning stings that they would rove from flower to flower seeking the sweetest but leslie is none of these we look upon the plainness of the thing we love till it grows into beauty he could not look on me annette replied lady leslie without drawing comparisons what i was and what i am my dear sister let me tell you one more short story and i've done in an eastern country no matter whether in persia or turkey but somewhere in the east there was a spring a limpid spring whose waters were like crystal and upon the margin thereof the nymphs and good spirits used to congregate to return thanks to allah for having a place so delightful a fountain by the wayside the holy men who journeying from country to country drank of its refreshing waters declared that it came directly from the centre of the world and brought to its surface the virtues and medicaments that before were concealed in the bowels of the earth the fame of the well spread far and near and one of the rulers in that country said behold we will build around our spring the spring wherewith allah has blessed our land a safeguard and a wall and the wall shall be of alabaster within and without so that all who pass by shall marvel at the purity of the well and we will set one to keep the well 
and watch over it and the name of her who watches and guards the well shall be truth and all the wise in that country who heard the words of the venerable ruler declared that they were good and the ruler stroked his beard which descended below his girdle and the ruler said let the thing be done forthwith but in that land there were more rulers than one and another opened his mouth and spake the brain in the gray head is dry said the youthful ruler and his eye dim so that he cannot discern the fashions that spread over the earth his ear is closed against the voice of improvement behold we will tell him a thing why should our well the spring of delight in our wilderness be closed in alabaster and one of such exceeding plainness as truth set to guard its waters behold we will plant a glorious tree beside the well and its roots shall descend into the earth and its branches ascend to the first heaven and the tree shall bear the fruit of gems and jewels which will sparkle in the sun and overshadow our spring with splendor and the young and the foolish shouted the shout of joy and the shouts of the young and the shouts of the foolish were louder than the shouts of the wise so the young ruler curled his moustache till its hair saluted those of his soft hazel eyes and said the thing shall be done forthwith and the thing was done the voice of the foolish prevailed for a time over the voice of the wise where's the goodness of the well and where the purity of the water exclaimed those who once had praised its marvel and its beauty behold the roots of the filthy tree have disturbed its cleanliness my spring my spring my limpid spring wailed the last spirit that had lingered by its side and could now no longer remain near its margin birds of no wisdom nest in the branches of the false tree and the untrue gems have become cankered and thy waters are corrupt oh that thou hadst been walled by alabaster and guarded by truth and as the spirit passed sighingly away from the well the spring itself replied the sun shines and the gems sparkle on me what do i desire more and a great spirit heard the words and the great spirit said that the words were foolish and the great spirit resolved that he would uproot the tree and after a time restore the well and the tree which was named eternal beauty became uprooted at the command of the great spirit and the waters of the spring were troubled and mourned after the tree after the gay birds that filled its ear with foolishness but the great spirit said let be the well in a little time will regain its purity now that the glare of eternal beauty is removed from its sight and the roots of vanity from its heart it can now drink into its depths the mysteries of heaven and the light of allah and be satisfied with the wall of alabaster as a guard oh that so fine a well should ever become so corrupt my dear sister persisted the fabulist seeing that lady leslie was not displeased at her invention you are the well and leslie the wall of alabaster and i am truth and your beauty was the tree 
think less of the tree and more of your husband and child and annette feversham's word upon it he will love you better than ever i will not tell you she continued with more tact than those unacquainted with the windings the knowledge and the mysteries of woman's heart would have given her credit for i will not remind you that your figure is as perfect as ever your eyes as brilliant your teeth as white your smile as gracious and as for those little pits their graves for vanity write to your husband sister tell him lady leslie started from her seat and after a moment's listening exclaimed it's his horse's tramp i know the sound of its hoofs among a thousand oh that i could hide this face from him and from the world she seized a veil which lay upon the sofa and would have flung it over her head but annette drew up her slight figure with a gesture and a dignity that bore a miniature resemblance to her sister and taking the rich lace from the trembling and agitated hands of the lady said with both feeling and emphasis there is but one thing that should make a woman veil before her husband and that is shame the house of feversham knows it not lady leslie could hardly keep smiling at the tone of authority assumed by the little annette but she yielded nevertheless and forgot at the time in her husband's warm and affectionate greeting the mortification which for so many weeks had steeped her proud soul in bitterness it is again evening though five years have passed since the commencement of our tale and on the lawn of leslie abbey the lord and his noble lady are enjoying the prospect and the breeze of their native hills the moat has been partly filled and instead of weeds and wilderness have sprung up goodly shrubs and smiling flowers here a vista has been carefully opened in the wood and we may see the beautiful river wandering like animated silver beneath the smiles of the rising moon until it is again swallowed in the darkness of the deep deep forest hark the voice of joyous children from a neighbouring village the shout the laugh the gay halloo dancing amid the echoes of the hills and we can perceive the spire of the village church the church that they the lord and his once proud wife have built and beneficed the country upon which they look is theirs the silver river the dark wood the waving corn what else the hearts and blessings of their tenantry where tarries our sister he inquired after they had surveyed their wide domain and heard the blackbird's last whistle and watched the fog wreath encircle the wood and cast its mantle over the valley she's with the children oh leslie we both owe much to that girl who blends so astonishing the wisdom of the serpent with the gentleness of the dove and the frolic of the wild kid i shall never forget the first lesson she read me on the advantage of personal plainness personal plainness what has it to do with you peace peace dear leslie 
do you not again awaken the vanquished spirit of pride within your wife's bosom i sometimes fear it only sleeps yet have i yet learned to bless lost beauty my trial has been turned into a triumph let it sleep on then replied the husband of whose character annette had rightly judged a woman has something to be far more proud of than personal beauty End of section four.